Just a reminder about the 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 show, not like a <laughs> like my thoughts on the day. <laughs> yeah. So remember every other Sunday. Every other Sunday. Every unless other Sunday, unless something, something happens. <laughs> Chris had to travel last minute for work. James was attending the NAB conference in Vegas, and I am too lazy to do all this work by myself. This episode was made using footage from a time where James and I let the camera keep rolling even though we had finished broadcasting the episode. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. In a world. This is our Oscar movie trailer. In a world where Logan's voice is still the horse. Nay. What? <laughs> no. Yeah, what, what, what's like a, like a good Oscar movie that, that we can make right here? Like a good Oscar-worthy voice podcast. Hey, um, may I have a coffee, please? I only have, like, one voice, and it's my own. May I have a coffee, please? Yes, and. Yes, and. Thanks. Maybe a latte. Pumpkin spice. Yes, and. Mmm, this coffee's really good. Yes, and. Well, uh, my horse is getting angry at me because I spent too much time in this coffee shop. Yes, and. Hey, horse, come on in. My horse, uh, would you like a drink? I can't make you, but I can lead you to it. Hey, hey, you can't lead a horse to water in this restaurant. But the sign says I could. Yes, and? Oh, well. (laughs) Rough. Rough. Okay, scene two. (laughs) Uh, I'm looking for something. Well, what are you looking for? Maybe I can help you. I'm looking for uh, a bunch of yellow paint. Yellow paint? Um, I'm act- I don't have yellow paint, but I have orange paint. See, it's really got to be yellow. I've got to paint something yellow. Uh, how about we take the orange paint and we call it yellow? I need yellow paint, sir. This is the eighth... Home Depot I've been to, and you are not being as helpful as the other people. They tried to make yellow, but they ended up just making orange. Like, yeah. what is what is the problem? I know your you're like logo is orange, but yet yellow is a different color than orange. Yeah. Um, the, maybe like, you would I like a nice... Swatches, I need, like, there's sunflower, sunshine, like, all these sun well, words. here are all the colors I have. There's green, but it's actually orange. There's red, <laughs> but it's actually orange. There's brown, but it's actually orange. That, yeah, those are orange. Yeah, so, um, here's my yellow. That's actually green. What? Watch out, Second City. (laughs) You got nothing on this. This wildly entertaining banter. Yeah. I'm bantering. Bantering. It'd be funny, we should have, like, a script... (laughs) <laughs> like of Oscar films, <laughs> have like, a fake Oscar film. Well, I, like I should be. You know, we should have a game where it's like I read the line and you try to guess which Oscar-winning film it was in. Ooh, that would be fun. Um, but too late now. Yeah. Hey, uh, can I have some coffee? <laughs> no, uh, not this again. 
Sure. Would you like it black or with cream and sugar? Oh, definitely black. I love me some black coffee. Here you go. Here's some nice black coffee. That'll be $100, please. That's not coffee. That's yellow paint. <laughs> I was trying to find yellow paint two years ago. And then, uh... Two years ago? What happened to your voice? I, I was looking for so much yellow paint that my voice just went really hoarse. Horse? Yes, my horse is outside. <laughs> I'm gonna bring him in. My horse is yellow. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name for a yellow horse? Um, Buttercup. Buttercup? Hey, Buttercup, come on in, horse. (laughs) They've got yellow paint. That's your favorite thing to to drink, huh? Mm. Would you like some yellow paint with that coffee? No, I want some coffee. Coffee? Here you go. And paint and sugar. Mm. I'm trying to imagine, like, the color of, like, coffee with paint in it. It's... It'd be Probably like, just like cream, but like a little like, yeah, like light brownish yellow, like a nice banana color. <laughs> well, you see, you want to have your coffee like the coloring of the coffee is super important. So, you know, that's why you mix in the paint. Mm-hmm. That, if you don't mix in the paint, it doesn't look as appealing, and you won't drink it. That's true. That's true. That's definitely that's definitely the case. Yeah. So, um, however, I do highly recommend. When you're adding paint to your coffee, mm-hmm. yeah. you should try a very nice fuchsia. Ooh, fuchsia. What's that? Is that like a pink? Yeah, but it just makes your coffee alive. So it's like a probiotic in my coffee. No, the probiotic. Is it actually flowers, like actually the fuchsia plant? No, 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 no. It's the color of fuchsia. Okay, yeah. yeah. Probiotics in your coffee are extra. But I can include kale in your coffee for free. What about the uh, guacamole? Is that extra? Because most places, they give it to you for free. Free guac? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Every time I go to to Chipotle, they're like, do you want guac? It doesn't cost extra. No, sorry here. Guac is a dollar. Speaking of uh, avocados, I had a very disappointing salad at Denny's a couple days ago. Was there any avocado? I ordered avocado, and it was like, a quarter of an avocado in it. It was not made with care. Let me just say, it was not a like a, a dish made with passion. Well, that's I because go... you need the passion fruit if you want a dish made with passion. No, I, I'm talking about a different kind of passion. I'm talking about like when the cook... Sex? No. Do you know what words mean? Like uh... when, you're, when you're cooking the food, I want you to have like a... Like you care about the food. So, like, a, a joie de vivre when it comes to food? Exactly. Whatever that French word means. If you, it, like, basically, if you say any French words when describing food, it automatically makes it delicious. Mmm, mad. Mmm, a la mode. <laughs> Merde a la mode. What, what, what's, what's actually, a la mode means, like, in the style of. Or in the normal way, right? It doesn't mean with ice cream. It means, like, <laughs> the way it's normally served. So, uh, like, poo-poo a la mode. <laughs> I don't know, like, what what's, like, the way it's usually served. Does it come on a plate? Does it come in some sort of bowl with, like, a little bit of water in the bottom of it? <laughs> Probably the bowl. Uh, okay. In fact, if you want it, 
there is some in the restroom. Just follow me. I was going to say, like, no, you have to, you have to eat it in the special room. <laughs> like, that, that actually sounds really fancy, having, like... <laughs> a special like, room. Like, like if, if you go to a fancy restaurant and there's, like, one dish that you, like, are required to go... Like, you can't go in this room without ordering this dish. And if you order this dish, you have to go in this room to eat it in. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, what the actual, like room looks like what's the dish too is, well no, well, no it, how about this it, is they it don't because, tell you oh so you're like i'll have this chef special and they're like this way please and yeah. then you take you in there and it turns out it's that food from indonesia that smells really bad but tastes really good durian i, I, think, I don't know yeah, i think that's what it is i'd still like to try it at some point yeah or it's gonna be something like super stupid it's gonna be like top ramen <laughs> it's like hmm what does the top mean? Is it stovetop? I think it's stovetop ramen. But, like, what ramen is not cooked on the stovetop? Like a nice baked ramen? Mmm, mm. baked ramen. R- ramen lasagna. <laughs> no. Oh. Um, what are some, like, bad ramen dishes that we could make? Um, like, bad. what would be in bad ramen? Like, like a ramen salad? Like, instead of pasta salad, it's, like, ramen... Yeah, that would be weird. I mean, I guess it's like if you if it was dressed, if it was sort of like an Asian salad that had like yeah, that's the thing though. Is, it like it a, sounds weird, a but like dressing if, of some kind. If you did like an Asian salad, you could probably put like if as long as it isn't like noodle based, but just like little bits of noodle. I can or it's see like you could put like noodles dried in. noodles in. Yeah, well, I think you could have it be like an no, no, you cook salad. them, but they're like yeah, maybe. I mean, you could put dry noodles in as like the crunch. Yeah. But that might be. I think you might have to like fry them and then put them in, so they're not like. Yeah, you like still need to too, like prep them. Too stiff. Yeah, you would still. You would probably want to cook them, mm-hmm. let them sit, and then like fry them, and then sprinkle that on top. But okay. yeah, I'm trying to think what would be bad ramen. Like I wouldn't want to have fish ramen, but I can see that being an actual thing. For one of the Nick taste tests, they did like a chocolate ramen. Which I didn't actually taste, but it's something that's like we found the recipe online. So wait, is it like ramen noodles and like a chocolate sauce, like a chocolate fondue? But okay, it wasn't like in like a bath of chocolate sauce. It was more like a chocolate broth. Okay, and I'm not sure if the broth was like chicken broth with chocolate in it, or if it was just like a runny chocolate. Or you, like you take like you dilute chocolate down with probably like maybe milk or water. And then just to create like a broth-like maybe uh, texture, and then I'm trying to think what you would add to it. I could see you like adding like dessert-ish type things to like a dish, and then calling it ramen. Is there like a dessert pasta? I, it seems like pasta doesn't have a strong enough taste to really require it be a savory food, but it always is. I'm trying. I can't think of like a. I'm sure you could. I mean, like especially if it's you could probably like do like. I bet, like, there's, like, a dessert ravioli. I can see that being a thing. Where it's, like, Ooh. stuffed. Because, you know, you get cheese stuffed in there already. And if you have the right cheese, that could be a sweet texture. Like, maybe like a, a little Danish bit of berry. Yeah, like, right? add a little bit of berry to it or something. I can see there being... Yeah, I can see there being, like, a dessert um, ravioli. There has to be a good name for it, though. Like... <sighs> Nothing really rhymes with ravioli. I mean, I'm sure there is stuff, but like I'm trying to think of like a punny name for yeah, it. Yeah, no, like a chocolatoli. Mm, that's not bad. It sounds like cannoli. But, yeah, that's um, well, cannoli is pastry, kind of, yeah. but not a pasta. Like, 
Right, we must go in rhyme zoning to find out. Yeah. Like, what, what do we name this dessert Wait, no. ravioli? Havioli. I ate... Havioli. That doesn't really make mm. any sense. Um, Honestly, you could just probably just call it dessert ravioli and be fine. That's true. Mm. Dessertvoli. <laughs> that's bad. Ravicoli. <laughs> no, it's E. E. coli, not E. coli. I don't know why this isn't selling. <laughs> why is it not selling my Ravicoli? <laughs> I thought it was delicious. Mmm. E. coli. It doesn't have E. coli in it. What? Ravioli? It's like a like a donut hole. Yeah, but it's Okay. No. It, it's very hard to rhyme something with ravioli. It's just giving me like like words that I Constantinopoli. I use that maybe like four times a day. Constantinopoli. Yeah, yeah, you know what? That's true. <laughs> um it's it's one of my favorite words. I'm trying to think of what else could you call like dessert pasta? It's got a rhyme. It's got a rhyme. Ooh, but like you could have like penne cannoli. Because like mm. a cannoli is kind of that shape. Yeah, anyway. that's true. That might be kind of good. I think you'd have to make the actual pasta like dough a little bit sweeter, probably. Yeah, I think like so if you made the pasta dough yourself, added pro- like more sugar to it. If there's. Or, yeah, something. Yeah. Or like you could get like fun, fun colors if you mixed like different like like berry juice or whatever or uh you, you could even do like just bits of food coloring too no this is a fancy restaurant oh so you want to have like the f- i so want the like pasta's flavor. the flavors of it's coming through yeah so you could probably do like berries to get like different flavors like blueberry flavored pasta strawberry flavored pasta raspberry flavored pasta that might be and then you do like a little yeah. bit of like cream on top yeah, it's like I'm that I mean with like a, that makes a it like a lot that's just like mini pastries basically. I'm wondering like if you just sort of like make the sauce. It'd be it'd be sort of going toward like moving towards like a jello salad where it's like like there's like a sweet sauce. So I'm just trying to think of like is there a way to oh, make so it? Oh, so you're saying like you would even have like a sweet sauce and all that. So yeah, like, like how do you how do you make it pasta? not I feel like not having like a milk based sauce would be good. It just has to be refreshing. It has to be like a summery. So you wouldn't want necessarily. So you would do like a berry based sauce. A berry base. <laughs> no, yeah. that's not great. Um, yeah, that, I, that might be an invention for this summer. Since I do have the pasta machine, I, it right. like makes some sort of like. Again, it might just totally screw up how the dough actually like solidifies and stuff. Yeah, so it'd be one of those things that you'd have to experiment with a lot just because if it upsets the chemistry of the pasta, it could just, like, completely fall apart when you go to cook it. But I think it'd be interesting just to, like, try... I mean, it'd be cool to have the different colors actually taste differently. I feel like a lot of times with pasta, if it's, like, there's, like, the green ones and, like, the yellow ones, like the spinach ones. Yeah, they all... It's, it's like, I don't really... I don't notice the difference that much. I've always wondered with things like this, where there's, like, a lot of different colors in there. Like, Skittles, they actually taste different, the different colors. But, like, I feel like there's... You're more like M&M's, where it's just, like... Well, M&M's, obviously. But I feel like there are some, like, multicolored foods that kind of all taste the same. Like... Yeah. Because you kind of eat it. Like, uh... 
uh, like I'm trying to think of like some sort of serial where there's like bits and other bits. And all the bits are the same. I just wonder if they are all the same. I feel like 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 Lucky Charms, like all the marshmallows taste the same. Um, I guess maybe I was thinking Apple Jacks. Maybe I had that a couple of days ago. Um, You're talking to the one person. Yeah, no, you don't like cereal. cereal so. I feel like every time I have cereal, I'm reminded that it's not that great. Except for the Cocoa Puffs. Those are off the charts amazing. I remember loving Oreo O's when I was a kid. I don't think they make those anymore. I, I feel but like... it's like pure sugar in a Like, bowl. there's nothing redeeming about, like, Cookie Crisp or Cinnamon Toast Crunch or even the... Cocoa. Yeah. Like, it feels like even, like, Cheerios themselves are, like, on the edge of are they healthy or not, even though they kind of like, they're healthy, but... Well, my thing... I, I know I've told you this. It's the fact that I'll be hungry... Like 15 minutes later, I yeah. can have like a full bowl of cereal and I'll be starving 15 minutes later. It's like, it makes my hunger worse. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm not even going to buy, like, I'll just skip the step of being hungry, more hungry and just make the meal I was going to make that I was trying to skip a cereal. Yeah. Like it's to where I haven't bought cereal. I think ever. <laughs> I haven't bought cereal also. <laughs> well, you also, it's like a workplace. It's a workplace thing. thing. It's, it's one of those trendy workplaces that has cereal but yeah. that was really cool like 20 years ago yeah like to me it's like like I, i'm not gonna complain like when we but were, i am gonna complain when we were working out at the viacom office i love the fact that you get like a hard-boiled egg but it's like if they had cereal, you could if you fought a bunch of other people for it or you went at the right time <laughs> it was not easy to get the good food there yeah, it depended on the food. Like, it depended on the day and who... I, I noticed that they're depending on how many people they had on staff or who the staff people was. It could be just, like, super hit and miss. But uh, I like the fact it wasn't just cereal bar because then I would actually... I actually used it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if it had been, like... Because I think they had some cereal stuff, but it was... Like, that That was not the thing. Yeah. And... I did, like, the Special K with berries. Again, not healthy whatsoever. It's just like eating candy, but yeah. it was really good. I'll stick to my morning waffle, which is probably also not the best. No, absolutely not. No, I what, don't do syrup. In a waffle? It's just flour. Like, there's actually not that much sugar in it, but it's it's like mostly but like flour. flour is a sugar. Yeah, but... There's no protein or hardly any. Do you put any egg in it? Uh, Yeah, there's some egg in it, but I usually... Uh, I don't use syrup. I use peanut butter and applesauce. And then, it's a little bit better. Yeah. I wish it was not so hard to find peanut butter that doesn't have sugar in it. I should check. I mean, I it's not like that hard to find, but I feel like in general, most peanut butter has like sugar in it. Oh, yeah. I feel like you get Jif or whatever peanut butter. It's just, it's like pure sugar and yeah. a little bit of peanut. And it's always, I remember that was what all I had when I was younger and it was Jif or, or just regular I think it was Jif GIF no, GIF yeah when um, you use your GIF peanut butter I but like having it's weird when you have like the just like just peanuts peanut butter because it's like it's so stupid but you eat it and you're like this tastes like peanuts <laughs> no I my mom never bought Jif she always bought Adams oh uh, yeah which is actually like sometimes peanuts and be, salt yeah. um I think I should double check. I think the peanut butter I've been buying is just peanuts and salt. I mean, I was saying you can get it. It's just... I, I think what... The sugar doesn't really 
add that much to it. It doesn't add that much to it, but I, I've noticed this if I go to, like, say, a, it's been a long time since I've been at a place with a continental breakfast or uh, anything like that. I'm... If they have peanut butter, it's always like the sugary peanut butter. Mm-hmm. To where it's not it's not hard for me to personally find peanut butter without in like sugar a grocery in store. a grocery store. But yeah. like out in the world, if you don't have if you're not just getting something from the grocery store, it's all the sugary stuff. Mm, sugar, sugar. The, um the last show I PA'd on, uh they we would keep supplies of peanut butter mm-hmm. in the fridge because Peanut butter. If someone needs a quick snack, peanut butter is great. Mm-hmm. Um, just unless you're toast. allergic to it. Unless yeah, unless you're allergic to it. So you, we would have like peanut butter with t- like so people could have like toast with peanut butter on it. And someone apparently complained because we the, when we would do grocery runs, we would buy like the peanut butter that was just peanut salt done. And someone was like, one day someone was like, "Can you buy Drift to the guy who mainly went on the grocery runs?" And he did. She's like, I can't believe people buy this other stuff and just like layer Jif on. And I was just like, I don't think, I know I had like, whenever I'd be at like at a cousin's house or something, mm-hmm. like my my aunt would buy like the Jif peanut butter and that'd be the only time I had it. And I remember as a kid being like, ah, oh, this peanut was great. And the reason I liked it wasn't because, oh, the sugar, I'm sure as a kid, I was like, ah, sugar. But <laughs> <laughs> it was the fact that it was easier to spread. And That's something I, I will true. give. Is like the gifs and the other ones are way easier to spread. It's not the sugar though; it's the palm oil that they put yeah. in there that keeps it from separating and makes it like very spreadable. So I think you can get peanut butter that's just peanuts and palm oil, even though palm oil I believe is like not something you should be eating because it's like you know they're cutting down the rainforest to, to get it. So. We have plenty of those. That's not a problem. There's no such thing as global warming. It snowed in Los Angeles. <laughs> what was that? Oh. Huh? oh, that's for the viewers to find out. Oh. Go away. So, um, whisper, 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 whisper. yeah, Logan is like super nice. Oh, so how, how'd that go? Uh, I think the audience really knows what's up with you. Um, I kind of laid it out there. Like, this is kind of the issues that Logan has, like, in general, as, like, a person. Um, oh, that I'm a horrible human being? Yeah, the personality is, like, on a scale of 10. It's uh, on a scale. I, I, it's on I, a scale of 10. It's, yeah, and not whether or not it's a good personality, mind you, but just personality your personality is on a scale my personality well, i'm just, I'm just gonna scale. say um, it's a 10 but that might not be a good thing your personality is overweight <laughs> i don't know what that means like if you have it like <laughs> yes i'm logan and my personality is obese you're like mm, what what <laughs> so you have two is that like i guess it's like you have too much personality <laughs> If it if your personality well, so if you say my personality is what if you like much. my personality is fat it's a fat fat personality like like what is like like which one if you described your personality as fat or obese which one is the worst description to use because obese is worse than fat in terms of weight scale I think right because usually fat people use it for overweight I feel like 
fat is not it's like a a more vague term but i don't know if it's like because if i said my personality like is overweight the, the, that's the not most as bad overweight as person in the world is fat true fat is a very non-specific term it's i mean obese is very clinical yeah which is why it's like the nicer thing i guess you could say but anyway, for as a personality, I don't know what it even means to have a fat personality. Because as long as you're clear that my my personality, I, I'm, not, is... I'm not like the personality of a fat person. The personality itself would that mean is an fat. anorexic personality is like devoid of personality? I don't know. I tire of this conversation. Let's move on. Moving on to. We'll pick one of these neighborhoods. Uh, Let's bitch about LAX. Sherman Oaks. What up with Sherman Oaks? What's like the best thing about Sherman Oaks? The best thing. Would you like to live close to Ventura? I feel like it's one of those things like, it's kind of like... The apartments are nicer, but and like it's greener because the apartments are nicer, but I mean, it's... I'm just, it's like... Would you really, would it be sort of like walkable? It just feels like, it seems like it would be. It's but definitely, I don't know if there's any stores along Ventura that I really have, I have much interest in. I have friends who live in Sherman Oaks near Ventura, and there are things down there that mm. I would like to be able to, like, I'd probably go to if mm. I could walk to them, but, like, they're not places I'd want to drive to. Like, there's a, there's a game store down there that's, it's not the best game store, but it's, you know, there's a game store. So if I lived down it there. It is a game store. I would probably walk to it. And when I worked at the theater in Sherman Oaks, I would sometimes walk to it or the comic book store there. Usually if I'm going to a comic book store, I would go there. But now that uh, Charles works at a game store, I, I go to the one in Burbank because mm-hmm. that's the one he works at. Um, yep. So it's like they get my patronage because of that rather than. Yeah. But the thing too is I probably like if Charles stopped working there, I probably I would still go there instead because it tends it's a better store. Just because the the game store, I always felt unwelcome in the game store in Sherman Oaks. And, oh, really? Yeah. And if game stores are kind of like that, sometimes. game stores are kind of like that. And if I felt unwelcome in there, imagine if I was not a straight white man. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It, it, it's there. I was a privileged person, and I felt like like you go in, there, go in there with like the encyclopedic Star Wars and Lord of the Rings knowledge, which is a traditional nerd knowledge. And story. I did not feel welcome in there, like by I like the owners or by like the customers. The, it just was like it's kind of one of those things where in customer service, where if like you're used to like like a Target, I don't give a shit if anyone interacts with me. But if yeah. I'm in like a small store, even just saying. Hi, let me know if you need anything. Not getting that can speak volumes. And I like never got that. Um, And what made it even more weird is if I would go in there with people who did have a good relationship with the owner, I still would just be like this invisible person. And I'm Mm. just like, this is weird that I know people who have like could go in and have conversations about everything. Then again, that store was definitely more onto the Yu-Gi-Oh and, uh, Pokemon Magic the Gathering like, spectrum, like and I'm not on that. Is very like siloized. It can be so. Like basically, it was in the card game silo, and since okay. I'm not a part of the card game silo, I didn't have like a means of getting in. Gotcha. Um, 
And since that was 90% what that store did, like, it didn't help that I didn't have anything to, like, really be like, this is my thing that mm. I'm... So there's that aspect to it. But if you are not part of that group and you're coming in and there's, like, no welcoming introduction, it can be kind of off-putting. That's true. So... It's always interesting when I feel like people who... Maybe this is unfair, but, like, I, I would imagine that most people who are kind of nerds, in quotes, um, are sort of have trouble relating to other people. Like, they're usually... You know, more Me. socially awkward. I'm not. I'm not saying it to you, but I'm like. I'm just saying, like, the like. If you just had to like draw what a nerd is, you you'd put like these traits on them. And it seems like a lot of times, the people who fit those traits the most seem to do the best at a game store. Yes, but they also are like they sort of push away the thing that they would probably make them happier. Again, I don't know if this is fair. This is just kind of a generalization, but I just wonder. It's like by being kind of unwelcoming when it comes to your fandoms, it sort of just makes it even I've, harder for you to I've have like actual friendships. Make this argument where it's just, where if you were picked on as a kid for whatever you were a fan of, mm-hmm. um, that you naturally. I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. It's like, like you sort of like build like a wall. You have around this side, yeah. You have this wall around it to where. I think it's the kind of like the mainstreamification, lots of quotes around mainstreamification, sure. of things that were typically considered part of the geek nerd culture, like comic book, mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, anything where it was possible to like nerd out on the pro- on the project. When it gets mainstream acceptance, you are upset because that was your thing. And I mean, I've had that with some things. It's almost like... Where you get upset that really want to be, not necessarily have the community, but sort of like, it, do you think it's more like a, like a personal thing? Like I want to know the most about this. Like I want to be like the for person me, it's, who knows. It's everything not that about. I want to be the person who knows it. For like this is for me personally. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, I don't consider myself the person who knows it. <laughs> and when it comes to like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, in my like group of friends, I probably my have like the most knowledge but that doesn't mean that i have the encyclopedic perfect knowledge of it there are people out there who have a better understanding and better knowledge of it than me what i usually find is the people who have a similarly deep encyclopedic knowledge of something Mm -hmm. even if they may or may not have a deeper understanding than me if they think that makes them a better fan of the property than me those tend to be the people I find are the engaged in gatekeeping the most. Where I think I mean, it's do, a do personality that, thing. Where yeah. it just the fact that they know a lot isn't the reason they gatekeep. They use their knowledge of the project to gatekeep, and I think the gatekeeping is an aspect of their personality that is independent of their knowledge. It just so happens that the people who do you think the people who like let's just Star Wars, the people who know the most about that, do you think that they enjoy? spending time with other people who know a lot about it or do you, I, I get the impression that it's a lot of it's almost competitive oh yeah there's definitely a competitive nature where it's like which is one spending of the time with people who enjoy your fandoms is kind of unpleasant to a lot yeah it's not, which it's is not one like of the supportive things, or anything which is one of the things i find frustrating is as much as i 
would like to engage with people inside a lot of these fandoms. One of mm-hmm. the problems I'm having as a fan is that there is this, well, no real Star Wars fan blank, no real Lord of the Rings fan blank. And it's like, guys, I don't care. Because yeah. the thing, this is the thing. My sister has never read any of the Star Wars novels, hasn't watched any of the TV shows, might never ever watch them, will definitely never read them. She's gone with me to see opening, not necessarily opening night, but when I have gone to go see the Star Wars movie when it comes out, Mm -hmm. there's been one person who's been constant from Attack of the Clones on, and that's Caitlin. She's a fan of Star Wars. She likes Star Wars. She owns them. She watches them. She likes them. She will occasionally enjoy talking about them. She doesn't go to the depths and levels I do when it comes to those fandoms. That doesn't mean she's not a fan. The problem is there are people out there who would say that she's not. It's just like a different kind of fan. Yeah. Um... Like, I want to know all the stuff about it because I love the universe, so I want to know more about it. That's just me and my personality. If I find something interesting and intriguing, I want to know as much as I can as fast as I can. So I will go in a deep dive on on it. Is there much, like, I'm just wondering if there's much benefit to there being, like, a like a comic con like is that what is that for like do, i think comic con is like a great example of the problem in the sense that there's a lot of people at comic con who are upset about how it's become mainstream problem is i'm, I'm more on the, themselves yeah and I'm, this is like what every fandom and my prob- is yeah right? and my problem is, is i'm more on the mainstream spectrum than i am on like the core comic book fan spectrum mm. because you could look at my comics on my shelf and they're all tie-ins to another fan base. They're all either Firefly or Star Wars or Buffy. Um, and I've read like some, like I've read some of like the mainstream comics and it's because people have given them to me to read. Not because I have sought them out or no, that's not true. I have sought them out to read them in some cases, but for the most part it's because someone's like, Oh, you like this. You'll probably enjoy this. Um, but I, I get on some level why a lot of these fans are upset because what has happened is the comic book aspect of Comic-Con has kind of died because How it's long too expensive. How long has it been going on Comic-Con? 70s. Okay. Um, and as these conventions have become more popular, they've become more driven by pop culture. A lot of these people who have been going to these conventions are just, they're feeling shut out. And I, I think that's kind of fair because the reason these conventions started is going away. If you were a comic book store that used to go to Comic-Con every year and that was a big part of your sales, you can't afford to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, that doesn't necessarily mean that the people who are going are invalid. I think it's fair to sit there and question why some things are at Comic-Con. I don't, still don't get why Glee went. It just felt like, is that really the audience? But apparently it, it was. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like, I, and that's the thing. That's the thing I often say when it, or try to keep and try to explain to people. Sometimes when I say I don't like fan, uh, series Y X or Y, or don't watch a series, in a lot of cases, it's because I know I'm not their target market, so I'm not going to get as much joy out of it, or you know, possibly any. It doesn't mean that the thing isn't good, or it isn't valid, hmm. or that it's bad. It just means that it's not for me, and. I think the problem is there's a lot of people out there who don't have that same mindset to where, oh, it's not for me. It's 
bad. Um, and sometimes they might be right. Sometimes something might be bad, but that doesn't necessarily mean all of it is. I think it's interesting the how much um, like brands are going to Comic Con now. Um, yeah, and I don't know what it actually does for them. I'm just thinking. Like, for years, like, TV Land was going to Comic-Con, and they were having panels and stuff. And it's like, there's some people who are interested, but you're making you're, – it's it's a very confusing market to, to be in because it's like, who is at Comic-Con now? Like, who is going? It seems like it's a lot for, of people who are going there for work. For some shows, it's because the people who watch it are the kind of people who are going. And that's – I think but that's that was big. Like, I think that's big for, like, the science fiction mm-hmm. And, like, some of the fantasy shows, like, Game of Thrones is because the fan base is, like, the type of people who would have been into Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones was the thing mm-hmm. were the type of people who would go to Comic-Con. So you would want to go there to help build buzz. Like, Doctor Who is the kind of show that that is their market, is the people who would go to Comic-Con. They aren't necessarily going to do, like, great at the TCAs type thing. But... That so that means that's a, or I, I think that's a for a lot of science fiction shows or anything like that. You're not necessarily going to be the it show for the traditional press outlets. Mm-hmm. So you're going to go to where your fan base is, so you can try to generate buzz there. But what happened is people saw Comic Con as a successful means of launching something to where bigger and bigger brands and bigger and bigger series that weren't necessarily part of that genre began to go. And as they began to go, more and more people began to attend who were outside of that spectrum. And I think what's happened is Comic-Con has hit this weird point of where it has become so big it is both the thing and irrelevant. It's weird how it can yeah, be both like, at the same should time. Should Comic-Con have been more careful with who they – like do they have to sort of curate their convention more? Okay, I feel like a lot of times conventions are sort of like – Whoever can be here, come on, let's like. Let's Whereas Comic Con has the exact opposite problem, where they well now, now, but probably at a certain point, it was like, oh, you want to come in? in the two thousands? It yeah. was apparently when that switch happened, where it went from being anyone could. Honestly, so, so yeah, where, I was wondering if like conventions that aren't so big now or that are kind of starting up are being a little more careful about like actually curating the content just to be sure that what the convention is is what it is. Because I've, you know, I've been interested in. It's been a while since I've been to a convention, but the ones I've been most interested in have been ones that are about a specific thing. Remember, one of the last time I went to Comic-Con, that year I'd gone to WonderCon as well for a day. That's the Star Wars? No, that's that's the – it's a convention run by Comic-Con in Anaheim. Okay. And I did that one with Caitlin because since I had professional pre- press cred- – or professional pass credentials at the time, I could go for free. So – I could take a guest, so I took Caitlin and her roommate, because I could actually take two guests, for a day, and we just walked the show floor. We did that one instead of Celebration, which is the Star Wars one, because we would have had to pay to go to Celebration. And that was the year Force Awakens was, like, so the trailer for Force Awakens played there, and, like, everyone was getting hyped about Force Awakens, and I happened to be on the light rail system in San Diego. I made a comment to someone from Lucasfilm. Because if someone from 
who helps Lucasfilm with their booths had been on the train going to the convention. And she's like, yeah, you made a huge mistake. And I think that's, that's kind of how I've been feeling about conventions. It's not that I don't want to go as much as if I'm going to go, I want to go for this thing and this thing in particular. And it's possible now to do even smaller events. Like I know one ring.net does events in Los Angeles that I've been looking at going. It's just in the past, I've either not been able to go because I'm either working because I was working production or if I was working at the theater days where those are best for most people are days that would not be best for me. Um, but those are the things I find myself more interested in. And I have, my hope is if you're going to an event like that, the type of people who are going to go are the type of people who aren't going to necessarily gatekeep. But I know my fear is with star Wars in particular, because star Wars is really dealing with this a lot right Mm -hmm. now is that there are people out there who just want to trash everything happening and it's just getting goddamn annoying. I mean, they wouldn't like anything. It's not that they wouldn't like anything. They've chosen not to like anything because Mm -hmm. it started with Disney tossing all of the ancillary material and basically being like, that's not canon anymore, which was fine because a lot of it was garbage. And if you're going to do a film that's based 30 years after the last film in the series, people aren't going to be... If you introduce a bunch of characters in the movie and the only people who know what's going on are the people who read all the books, you would have been fucked. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it needed to have been cut. But a lot of people were upset about that. And then Force Awakens comes out. The fan base, by and large, enjoys it. Fan base by and large enjoys Rogue One. And so these people who were upset about, oh, this is all like they're doing female protagonists because they're wanting to be like hip and progressive and blah, blah, blah. And they're upsetting the fan base or such a small minority that they had no voice. It was the moment Last Jedi came out and it was divisive in that the fan base just a lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people loved it that these trolls were able to, like, thrive. And it just has gone to the point where I just don't want to engage with the fan base because you can sit there and not be talking about Last Jedi. Someone's going to bring it up and immediately becomes, like, a whole just slog of people just being Is dicks. there a fan base that you feel isn't poison? I feel like the Lord of the Rings fan base right now isn't. I wonder um, if it's only, it, like, once the actual release of content slows or stops, if that's when fans can kind of, like, uh, I think you, figure it, like, they kind of reaches, like, an equilibrium. There's something to that, because when Empire Strikes Back came out, apparently it was just panned, and the fan base didn't like it, and it was like, oh, it's not as good, and now it's considered the best Star Wars film. Now it's because that one Star Wars movie that's come out so yeah, far. Yeah, and it's now considered the best Star Wars film. Um, I think part of it is, as something ages the amount of content around it just slowly declines. And so the only people involved are the people who really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting how like the thing that you're a fan of, it's, it's sort of a one way street. Like you are a fan of the thing that was made. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I lost my train of thought here, but um I mean, it's possible to be a fan of something and not like something that's made in it. It's possible. Like, I... <laughs> I guess, but then you're not a fan of it. No, no, that's not true. And here's my reason for that. Um, I'm a fan of Lord of the Rings. I'm not a big fan of the first movie that was ever made of it, the Bakshi animated film. Mm-hmm. I'm still a fan of Lord of the Rings because there's the books, there's the other movies, there's all the other things that go around it. The BBC radio drama is amazing. 
I'm a fan of Lord of the Rings. I, if I wasn't a fan of the books, I probably wouldn't be a fan of the, of the other mm. things. But it's possible to be a fan of Lord of the Rings and never read the books because of the movies. With Star Wars, like, I think it's the same thing. You cannot like one of the Star Wars books and still be a fan of Star Wars. You cannot like one of the Star Wars movies or entire trilogy prequels and still be a fan of Star Wars because there's so much other material around out there. How much? What's the percentage that you have to like to actually be an actual fan versus like... I think you had to be a fan of the universe... And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to love the content, but you are... Because I'm not a big fan of, say, like, Attack of the Clowns. It's a bad movie. But I enjoy this universe enough that I look past it. Hmm. And I think that's what it is, is you don't necessarily have to like something within something you're a fan of. Because if you have to 100% love everything, you're, you're going to lose. I'm just wondering, it just seems weird that, like, Cause, why do you, why would you have agency over the thing that, why, right? It's, I guess, on your point, too, it's, like, possible to be a fan of a TV show and be willing to admit that a TV show has a bad episode. That's true. Um, like, nothing's ever going to be 100%, and if you are ever holding that thing to the expectation that it's going to be 100% good 100% of the time, especially if it is an ongoing project or thing, the moment you expect it to be 100%, 100% of the time, you're setting yourself for failure it every is, single it time. Yeah, so it's, I think to be a fan of something, you have to be willing to be disappointed by it and not have that destroy your fandom of the thing so like with star wars with force awakens i was so nervous because i didn't want it to be bad but i was at the same time oh prepare for it we already had had bad like we so it didn't necessarily mean the end of the universe if there was a bad star wars film it's already happened (laughs) um I, I, there are things I don't like about Last Jedi, but there are things I love about Last Jedi. And I can f- take the good with the bad. The problem is there are people out there who have an agenda of where... I, I think the problem with fan bases and where this whole at what point do you stop being a fan thing is a problem is that there are people who think that because they're a fan of the project, it has to cater itself to them specifically yeah and that's where a lot of the problems on the internet are happening right now is because a lot of the traditional comic book fans are straight white men and so when you have a comic book movie like captain marvel that's not about a straight white man and that person starts doing things that you don't like you sit there and say oh oh look look i'm being repressed and it's like no you're the fucking majority it's kind of hard to repress the majority like it's the whole when you are used what's the phrase it's like when you are used to being there i forget the line but it's like if when you're used to being a favored status like anything like the minority asserting themselves feels like oppression it's like i forget the line it's there's a way better line for it I think we just let it sit, James. <laughs> it broke. Oh, I'm hungry, so I think this this is actually something that has been on my mind for a while, and it's something I'm planning to write about. And the reason why I'm planning to write about it 
isn't because I necessarily think I because I want people to read my thing. It's more because I think by writing about it, I can actually think about the pro this the thing itself and make sure that everything's been thought through rather than it's just bleh. And I think for something like this, it's going to be better in writing than in likely stream of consciousness. But it's it's definitely something I've been thinking a lot about. So <laughs> be sure to watch hashtag general the show with the most <laughs> I don't know what you're going for, but yes, it's I, I was going to say like the the set is as shitty as it looks. <laughs> <laughs> 